Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So on today's episode, um, I want to talk to you sort of as a last little sequence of this little session of revisions. And, um, you know, it's difficult because, you know, revisions are a lot more complicated. I'm very algorithmic with a lot of things, but you got to be, I think, in most revisions ready to call an audible because of exposure or bone loss or difficulties or what have you. And, you know, I just did two revisions um, last week and, you know, we have this algorithm, but at times, hey, we're flipping back and forth depending on, you know, what I'm seeing. Although there's a plan, you got to be ready to deviate from the plan. Um, So it's important again, um, and we talked about it on the last one, the thing I'm going to reiterate just because um, a fellow I was working with, actually, one of the big things in the takeaway, I'm always interested, hey, you know, what did you see today? What did you learn today? Or, you know, what question do you still have at the end of today? But um, the big thing that he was um, commenting on was the idea of the joint line. The system that I use in particular has a little mark on the distal cutting block for the medial epicondyle. We've talked about this as being 28 millimeters distal is the joint line. And, you know, what I found for me is, you know, years ago when I started using that particular measurement and landmark, that really helped me restore my joint line. And I think that's a key um, for a good revision um, leading into this last discussion, which is the idea of balancing. Because if you do not augment enough distally, what then happens is your extension gap is essentially too large from where it should be. So what you do in essence is elevate the joint line. Um, And it becomes this catastrophic sort of cataclysmic disaster of, you know, you didn't augment enough distally. So your distal femur is more proximal, your joint lines elevated. So your extension gaps loose, you put a thicker polyethylene in, and then maybe that's helped you because a lot of these are loose in flexion, but now you've thrown off your patellar kinematics and the joint line and the knee just doesn't work well. And that was the big thing for me is that when I did these big revisions and really restored the joint line well and balanced the knee well and added enough distal augments on the femur, what I found one was that my poly thicknesses were quite small. You know, I wasn't putting in these huge polys anymore. But two, these are patients that were coming back in the office, not one, but like two, three, four, five patients just extremely satisfied and doing great at a month, more like a primary total knee, you know, as opposed to the revisions, which were okay. But, you know, we always tell them that this is a salvage operation. It won't work like your normal knee. And, you know, it's nice to see revision knees that function pretty close to a normal total knee. Um, so when we talk about um, balancing, um, a couple different ways, you know, obviously you can get a assessment um, once you've made your appropriate bone cuts um, with your gap balancer. So you just have to make sure that with the system that you're using, you're checking your gap balancing and flexion and extension, you have to have the appropriate augments on um, so you're not getting a false sense. I see a lot of times people try to, you know, use the gap checker and they forget to put the augments on, which, you know, if you don't have equal augments distally and posteriorly, it's going to be off. So that just gives you an idea. Um, The next thing that I do, and I've determine this from the beginning is as I'm doing my distal cuts, I'm telling my tech, hey, you know, add 10 medial, five lateral. 
So we're building the femur as I go. So he has it on the back table. And then once we do our flexion gap, we've determined, okay, what my augments are posteriorly. Okay, build me a, you know, five and a five posteriorly. And I've already determined at that point also, am I using a straight stem or an offset? So he's built the femoral trial on the back table. And at the same time, I've also cut the tibia. We've sized the tibia and I have an idea, okay, I'm going to use a stem with this size tibia. So at this point, we've made all our bone cuts. I drop my tibia in, I put my femur on. And what I like to do is I usually will open up a tray of cruciate retaining or cruciate sacrificing poly, something without a post. And what I like about this, it makes it easy to slide in because I don't have to worry about subluxing the tibia and getting the post into the notch. But more importantly, it gives me a better feel in my hands of the true stability of the knee. So I can check my varus valgus throughout the range of motion, get an assessment on my anterior posterior stability, although I know it's going to be a little laxity there. And I find that with that cruciate retaining design, I just have a better feel of the subtle changes. It's kind of like if you do a total hip and you're putting 36 heads in all the time, if you trial with a 28 millimeter head, you might notice some subtle impingement that you wouldn't necessarily notice with a larger head and it may allow you to make different changes in the cup or the stem position or length or offset. So when you put the 36 in, the hope there is that it's better balanced um, and more stable. And that's kind of my feel with a cruciate retaining design is that if I put the CR in, I can get a good feel throughout the range of motion and then make assessments. So let's say I've balanced this well um, and I have 10 millimeter augments on my distal femur but I'm extremely tight in extension, but I'm actually well-balanced in flexion, which is rare in a revision. Well, it's nice because then I can actually take some of the distal augments off and that's gonna help get me into full extension. Um, So that's one little caveat with augments is that you actually do have the ability to increase the extension gap if you're tight in only extension without doing more bone cuts. You just use a smaller augment. Um, The more common thing though is you wind up having well-balanced in extension, but you're loose in flexion. So, you know, a couple options in the revision setting are, do you need to then use an offset stem? Um, Can you dial in the appropriate amount of posterior offset of the femoral component? Do you have to go up in a femoral component? Can you do both in the femoral component? Um, The one thing I am interested to see, I haven't actually put my hands on it yet, but the new Zimmer Persona um, supposedly has their plus femur, which just has a bigger buildup posteriorly with the same width and the same size, which really is there, I believe, to combat this problem that a lot of us see is we're always a little bit looser in flexion in these revisions. Um, And I think a lot of it also, though, depends on these straighter stems. You know, there's a natural curve to the femur. You know, you cut the distal femur and a primer and a little bit of flexion, and then all of a sudden you have this long straight stem, which almost sort of kicks your your femur anterior a little bit into extension, which is what opens up that flexion gap in a lot of these cases. So that plus, or if you have the medial lateral width available to go up a size, um, all becomes an option to increase your flexion gap. Um, the next thing though that I wanna, you know, comment on though when we're doing revisions is what you'll notice a lot of the systems is at the smaller polyethylene sizes, the jumps are smaller, either one or two millimeter jumps. And then as you jump up into the teens, you start to get into the teens and 20s. 
the jump between the poly thicknesses starts to go up four millimeters or more. So one of the little tricks that I've used over the years, occasionally there is a lot of bone loss and you've already augmented the femur, you've made a freshening cut on the tibia, you know, now you're in the 20 millimeter range, you know, but you want a 22 and they only have a 20 or a 24. So one of the options is at that point, that's where you can start adding augments. So if you added augments to the tibia to raise your tibial base plate up off the bone, what that also then does is it brings your poly thicknesses down and it puts you into a arena where you have more nuanced one or two millimeter options to better balance the knee. So that's always a nice little trick. I always hate to use, you know, the big teens and 20 polys in revision. So if I have the option, what I would do in that setting is augment my tibia to bring the metal base plate up, which puts me down into the smaller bank of polyethylene inserts to give me more options. Um, And the last thing that I want to talk to you about as far as balancing, though, comes down to rotation. You know, if you're using a rotating platform, it's not as much of an issue because you have a little bit more wiggle room, but you want to be aware of rotation. So one of the things that I'll do is once I've determined with my cruciate retaining or cruciate substituting poly, what the thickness is going to be of the poly. That's where I will use my stabilized polyethylene insert because in most of those, there's an extremely intimate fit of the post in the notch of the femur. And with that ranging the knee, you know, find where the rotation is of the tibial base plate and then mark it. And if there's bone enough to create the keel punch, do the keel punch at that point. Because if you look at these independently, you've done the femur, you know, you've set your augments and your rotation, you've done your four and one cuts, and then you could have look at the tibia and rotate it to your eye, there's a chance that you'll be off. And then when you try to mate the post, there's a greater issue there with regards to wear, which could potentially lead to post failure. Um, so I'll balance to determine the thickness with the cruciate retaining design. But prior to setting my rotation, put in the stabilized insert, range it, and then set your rotation, and then punch your tibia at that point. So just a few things to think about with regards to balancing. Um, keep all of those in mind because it's definitely a little bit more complex than your simple chart of, you know, balanced inflection and extension for a primary knee. You know, do I, you know, release more, downsize, um, cut more bone? Um, this has a lot more options because usually you're not going to be cutting more bone. There already have bone loss, but you have the options of augments. Do I add, subtract, for flexion, laxity, do I go up ephemeral size? Do I offset? And then also important, what I find is the rotation. You can set the poly thickness um, with the cruciate retaining design, but then set your rotation with your stabilized polyethylene insert so the post is engaging in the notch. So I hope you found the information helpful. Um, take notes, uh, keep it you know, in a little kind of file that you might have so you can go back and look at these just prior to a revision. So the night before, the morning of, when you're walking in, you can figure out which of the little things that you kind of hit home with you, things that you may have forgotten or things that you may have seen and you didn't understand before. And this way you can take that into the next revision as your little tips and tools for that next case. Um, Thanks again for listening. Um, If you have enjoyed it, uh, please uh, rate and review and share it with a friend. Uh, Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. 
It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.